I'm Marcus Pibworth, and welcome to the Ministry of Change podcast. Ministry of Change is a project in which I'm travelling around the UK exploring mental health. I'm exploring my own experiences with depression and anxiety, and speaking to other people about their experiences. I'm connecting with people and projects that are either directly or indirectly having a positive effect on the way that we view and talk about our mental health, And I'm looking at how the way that we have structured society impacts our mental health and the possible systemic changes we could make to create a world in which everybody can be themselves and really thrive. I recently travelled down to Bristol to attend Freedom of Mind, a festival conceived to celebrate mental health. I went down there to run a workshop and while I was there I got to go to lots of interesting talks and events. One of the events that I was most captivated by was called Creating a Space for Men to Talk, which brought together a number of local men. Uh, There's a spoken word artist called Billy Britton, another spoken word artist musician called Solomon O.B., a guy called Mark Dunn, who ran a company called Positive Meditation. There's a guy called Louis, who works for Bluebell Care, and he was talking about... um, postnatal depression in men and there was a guy called Shahil from the Samaritans and all in all it was really really interesting uh really interesting talks and it opened up into a Q&A uh and it was a really really positive space uh, it was organized by Man Up Man Down an organization that helped men to talk about their mental health issues by breaking down stigmas associating with gender and mental health so on this podcast I sat down first with Kate Mabet to talk about her involvement with Man Up, Man Down. And then I caught up with Ella Marshall, who's the co-founder of Freedom of Mind Festival, who came up with this concept when she was just 16 years old. Uh, So first of all, we'll start with my conversation with Kate about Man Up, Man Down. My name's Kate Mabet. Um, and I am co-founder to Man Up Man Down and the event, um, events manager for Freedom of Mind Festival. Great, yeah, so I was really uh, interested in sort of hearing a bit about your story uh, behind Man Up Man Down. Um, so basically Man Up Man Down started by James Willits who um, was struggling with his own mental health and felt as a male he was unable to speak openly about um, what was going on to him at the time Um, and after he was feeling a bit more confident with his own mental health he thought up of an idea to um, create a safe space for males to um, come and speak openly about the things that really mattered to them Um, he went into Off the Record which is an amazing charity for young people to pitch his idea (laughs) um, about what was happening and as he was there he bumped into me and I was also there basically pitching an idea, well saying that I wanted to help out in some way Um, I've always been quite interested in doing campaigning for better mental health awareness specifically men's mental health because five years ago um, I lost a very good friend of mine to suicide which was really shit (laughs) is that okay Um, yeah which was really bad and quite a horrible experience and should we go through to this quite a bit 
So, is it still recording? I hope so. <laughs> yes, it's still recording. Okay. So, um, the reason why I am so interested in mental health is because five years ago I lost a very good friend of mine to um, suicide. And um, that was just at the beginning of my third year of university and I was studying filmmaking. Um, my final piece for university was an audio documentary about anxiety disorders, which was a particular um, struggle for my friend. And after doing that, I sort of discovered more about, like, campaigning for mental health. Um, And I thought one day about how I want to do something, contribute a bit more. So I went into Off the Record and I met James Willett, um, who had an idea to do Man Up, Man Down. Um, And we spent a lot of time researching into what we wanted to do and how we wanted to do this and basically there's an undeniable crisis around men's mental health harmful stigmas um make it seem give off the illusion that um talking openly about your mental health is a sign of weakness and showing emotion is a sign of weakness and therefore creates this kind of scenario where men are bottling up all their feelings and emotions and trying to live up to this masculine um, figure in society where they don't show any emotions and they're a strong provider who never fails. But it's actually turned into a horrible stigma and situation um, where now the biggest killer for men between the ages of 18 and 45 is suicide. Um, So me and James spent over a year kind of working towards a way of changing these statistics and Man Up, Man Down was born. Um, So we, on our website, on Man Up, Man Down's website, you'll find a a number of different blogs and podcasts of people sharing their experiences in mental health and ideas and why there's such a crisis around men's mental health. Um, We create a space for men to talk by showing ideas why there's such a crisis, um, teaching others on how they can sort of create their own space to talk, and also um, teaching how people can teaching how people other people can support the people in their lives. And I think that in itself is probably one of the most important tools as a female who's watched a male friend um, die from poor mental health. Um, who spoke to me a lot about his own mental health, I feel as though the biggest thing I can do for my for other people supporting males in their lives is to teach people listening skills and basic listening skills which will help them look after their loved ones. And that's the story of Man Up, Man Down. <laughs> so what do, you, Emma, what do you think you've learned over the process of doing it? Um, I've learned a lot in myself. I learned... Um, so I was diagnosed with anxiety um, when I was 19 and I've learned a lot of confidence for my own self I've learned not to be so hard on myself I've learned that not everything I can't do everything and some things don't go right and some things go wrong and that's fine and that's okay I learned that mental health is not a fixing situation it's an accepting and understanding and learning and coping um, you cannot fix your anxiety it's part of you and that's okay um, I've also learned that 
everyone has a mental health and understood that everyone has a mental health and everyone has trouble from time to time. And that's a fact. And that's something that more people need to understand because stigma is rife around mental health. And a lot of people believe that talking about your mental health is a sign of weakness. But that's wrong. If anything, it's a sign of strength. Do you think over the last five years since you've been involved in this that uh, things have changed at all? Um, I think, yes. I think the more I've... I think talking about mental health is a massive trend within politics and within the media. Um, I'm... I do believe there's a lot more change. I believe a lot of people are saying there's more change than what's actually happening. But I do feel like there is change. Um, but we've still got a long, long way to go. So what do you think individuals can do? What's like the one biggest thing that people can do? I think to listen to other people and talk to other people. I think those are two main skills talking and listening, talking about what's going on for yourself and what's going on in your mind and whatever problems you're having with yourself, talk about them, get them out of your head, building things up in your head and create creates a boiling point of pressure. Um, if you can, even if it's just writing them down, just get them out of your head and talk. Even if you're talking to a wall, just talk. And if you're supporting a loved one, listen. Just be there and listen and be available. And just the most important thing you can do is listen because not everyone, most people know what they need to do to find solutions, but not everyone has someone they can sit and trust and listen who would listen to them. Sometimes all they want to do is just talk. So, yeah, those are the two things that are most important is to talk and listen. Okay, great, thanks. Well, I know you're at the end of this very hectic <laughs> process, I mean, this week, but I'm sure also months and months of and so I won't keep you any longer. Thank you but very much, thank Marcus. You for, it's been great being part of the, yeah. part of the festival and doing a little bit of contribution myself. And thank you for being part and joining us. It's been really you. great to have you on board and to come to our events. It's great. really nice. Thank Good. you. Well, uh, what is the... Uh, the website for manupmandown.co.uk and on there follow us on Facebook and Twitter and you'll find loads of different activities and there's a sort of place for you to get involved if you wish as well so yeah great thank you very much thank you I'd really encourage you to take a look at Man Up Man Down uh, look at their website and look at any events they've got planned if you're in the Bristol area um yeah really really amazing organization uh, and they're doing loads of good um and now here is my conversation with ella marshall um the co-founder of freedom of mind festival should i say my full name <laughs> whatever you want say your full name <laughs> say my full name and my twitter handle and just no um so I'm Ella Marshall. I'm the co-founder of Freedom of Mind Festival um, and the chair of the board of directors. Um, Freedom of Mind was like an idea that came to me when I was 16, 17, because um, I was a member of Youth Parliament for Bristol and I was on the Bristol City Youth Council. And as in both of those roles, I was campaigning around mental health. So I'd met with those different organisations such as Off the Record Bristol, the Clinical Commissioning Group, the Lead for Health and Wellbeing on the council. Um, 
And I felt really frustrated by the fact that I could see this big systematic change that needed to happen, a.k.a. more money to services, um, a total upheaval of the education system. And I was like, OK, I'm 15, 16. <laughs> Politicians have been trying to do this for years. I'm not going to manage it um, right now. So I was kind of like, how can I make my mental health campaigning unique and have a real purpose and feel like it has makes real change? Um, and kind of just as the time at the time I was thinking about this, um, Katie Finch, who's the the other co-founder, she contacted the Bristol City Youth Council because she was mental health campaigning at the University of Bristol and as part of the Peace of Mind Society, and she wanted to link up with us. So I met her for coffee, um, and I'd I'd had the idea of well, Bristol's a really amazing city for festivals. Like, Bristol can celebrate anything. We've got a walking festival, cycling festivals, food festivals every weekend over the summer, graffiti festivals. Um, and I was like, that, there's something really missing there, that mental health should be celebrated because if we celebrate it, it's far more destigmatized. it's far easier to seek help, that kind of thing. And I just felt like there was a massive um, gap in terms of there being any positive narrative around mental health and well-being. Because if you kind of like play word association games which I've done before with groups of people where you say mental health, they automatically think self-harm, psychiatric wards. And if you say physical health, they think five a day, apples, running, exercise. And I was like, that just needs to change. And that's one of the fundamental things that's really wrong. And I think one of the causes of this whole mental health crisis as it's being termed in this country. Um, So I was like, how about a festival, a series of events that celebrates mental health through the arts in particular, because I have a massive love of art and music and culture. Um, And I feel like mental health and creativity intersects really nicely. Um, And it's, it's, I I think, creative art forms often address mental health, but not necessarily explicitly. Like, they they talk about the darkest and the deepest and the the highest emotions without necessarily addressing things as kind of mental health issues and that kind of thing. So I felt like doing it through the arts was a way to ensure that we weren't portraying kind of a clinical view of mental health which again is something that I think is very wrong because people think of mental health as being something that's only discussed in psychiatric wards um so when Katie came to me and we met for coffee spent ages talking about how we could work together came up with loads of ideas and just towards the end I was like okay maybe I should test this idea on her so I said I've had this idea a mental health festival what do you think she was like yeah I'd be willing to help you out with it and then yeah a year and a bit later, we're both um, directors of the company. Um, we The way we started it is we held a volunteers kind of interest meeting where we, we, we started the social media, had some branding around and just wanted to gauge interest for anyone that be in, would kind of want to get involved with us and volunteer with us. Um, and through that, we yeah recruited an amazing team and have been continuously recruiting and also sometimes losing people because um, like it is quite a big commitment. And but we've we've got a really good kind of freedom of mind community. Like some people that volunteered with us last year haven't necessarily been that involved this year, but still come to the events and support us and that sort of thing. So kind of through creating this team, like so my my core idea is there. The premise of it is there, but one of the most beautiful things for me has been watching other people add their ideas to it um and so in particular when we first founded it I was doing my AS levels so um I had a really intense exam period and then again this year I've had a really intense exam period so as part of that I've had to take three months at a time like totally off like literally disconnect myself totally from freedom of mind work just because I didn't have the capacity to do that and my education and kind of keep myself healthy um and so one of the most wonderful things about that is kind of coming back after a period of essentially leave and seeing how things have progressed and how things have grown. And so Kate has been our events manager this year. She's done an incredible job. 
um, of just pulling together all the ideas that we all spoke about after last year's kind of in our feedback meetings and putting them together and putting on this really ambitious programme. Um, yeah, so that's how it kind of started and the story so far, I guess. <laughs> what do you think you've learned from putting it on? Um, so there's a few things. There's some, some very like personal things that I've learned. So in particular, having taken those breaks, and so essentially, like freedom of mind was this idea of mine is in a way a little baby. You get attached to the ideas that you have, and I've always been the kind of person who's like quite overbearing. Like you could say a control freak. I guess that's the kind of the normal terms. I'd always be the one like taking the lead in class activities and like making sure everything was perfect. Being yeah I, I guess kind of overprotective of projects and so like actually being forced to like take leave and give other people creative control over something that I'd originally had creative control over has been a real personal journey for me and I guess at points it's it's felt difficult because it's just been like not not because like anyone's done anything wrong with it, but it's just been like watching my idea like run away in so many different directions. But then I've really really learned to appreciate that, and like I said, I find it really beautiful to watch an idea that was did come from like one person like flourish because of the contributions that other people have made. Um, so that's the really personal thing that I've learned. I guess the the slightly more political thing that I've learned is that is there too much noise. Um, so the really political thing that I have learned is um, no matter how much you do and how much effort you put in it's still in terms of mental health and in terms of affecting governmental change I think it's very easy to still be quite dissatisfied with what happens Um, Marvin Rees really good mayor of Bristol he's come and spoken at both of our festivals so far is very supportive of the cause Um, but however much we ask him for his hands are tied by by government um and i mean the the most beautiful thing that comes out of freedom of mind for me is watching people leave the room talking about mental health slightly more freely than when they first came in and there was an instance last year um just after the festival where my friend who in premise had supported everything like shared the stuff but hadn't managed to make it to any events she came up to me and was like oh there's a woman that comes into my my um, fruit and veg shop she works there um, every day and she wears a freedom of mind sticker and I asked her about it and kind of said did you go to the events and apparently this woman replied yeah I've suffered with anorexia for the majority of my life and I went to a freedom of mind event and I wear this sticker to remind me to talk about it more freely with loved ones to kind of not allow myself to be shackled by the stigma that does surround mental health issues and um she yeah, she she wore it kind of as a sign of like liberation and and how she felt about her mental illness that she lived with and for me that was a really beautiful moment because as well as affecting just kind of general societal change and getting people in communities to talk about it the the aim of freedom of mind was always to foster environments in which people who actually have suffered with mental ill health find it far easier to talk because then they seek support earlier um it means that others don't live in ignorance i i went through secondary school and had a lot of people close to me who um really suffered in self-harm that kind of thing and the response from the pit like peers generally was oh it's attention seeking it's this it's that and at first I was very resentful of those people and I was like how can you not be compassionate but then 
when I thought about it, they'd never had any mental health education. They didn't know the terminology to describe it compassionately. So they, it was kind of a fear factor and very easy for them to blame the person that was self-harming and was suffering because it was something that they didn't understand and hadn't come into contact with. And the, those people who labelled self people who were self-harming as attention seekers were largely male and obviously that kind of intersects with the, us having a, a men's mental health talk because um in, yeah in my experience men in particular are not um not educated or I, I don't know they're not encouraged to be emotionally literate they're in they're encouraged to shut down though like kind of sadness um and that sort of thing so I saw from quite an early age, like that probably started around 13, 14, I saw from a very early age like how social um, factors, so in that, case, in that particular case, gender, intersected with how people treat mental health and view it. Um, and then, yeah, I think something that I found really powerful that we've been able to explore then is, so we had a BAME communities talk, because um, that's something that I've become more and more aware of is the fact that if you're a black man in this country, you're 17 times more likely to be um, diagnosed with a mental health issue. And Marvin Rees, our mayor, often talks about the, the high correlation between socioeconomic dep- deprivation and mental health issues. Um, and so for me, something really powerful about Freedom of Mind is that it's able to explore mental health as both both a social and a personal issue. And I think that's the narrative that I want us to really portray. And all of those things that I've just talked about there are things that I've discovered along the way. Like, I had a very clear idea of what I wanted Freedom of Mind to do, but I've, yeah, I've developed all these thoughts and kind of feelings about how I think mental health needs to or how people view mental health needs to change like through freedom of mind um, is continuous learning curve and you always get audience contributions that make you think and that kind of thing because everyone everyone has a mental health and therefore everyone has a different perspective on it which is really cool so what do you think um, what do you think is the most important thing people can do as individuals talk 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 yeah um yeah, that's the first part of our mission statement. It's conversation, education, change. I think it all, it all starts with the conversation. Um, the moment you are able to open up, and like it is, it is difficult because sometimes you're not provided with the the safest environments, and you don't feel comfortable. And sometimes that you end up in situations where you think loved ones aren't going to understand. And there are a lot of people that really sadly don't have support networks around them that allow them to talk. And if they did talk, they'd feel more unsafe, that kind of thing. But I think if we all aim to foster environments where every single person on this earth has somebody that they know they can speak to when they're feeling down, and it doesn't have to be extensive... Um, I hate using this word, but it's kind of the colloquial term, like deep conversations. I like it doesn't have to be an extensive, long-winded conversation. Sometimes it can actually be, "How are you?" Not then, not feeling. You find someone out, someone's not feeling great, and then you make an effort to make sure you're doing things with them that they love. You're meeting up with them, that kind of thing. The support that you give if someone's kind of suffering with um, poor mental health or like a, a serious, even a serious mental health issue is like it doesn't always have to be kind of. A burden or like or kind of a, a real commitment as like as a friend or a loved one you, you can support people very easily just by kind of um just making an effort and yeah and the the first step is always talking when it comes to mental health because mental health is such a personal thing 
that it can I think it can really fester in if, if you're having kind of intrusive thoughts inside your head it can really fester and be very dangerous and I've experienced that myself I've personally gone through therapy I was very resistant to going through therapy and it was like the best thing I ever did I did CBT um and like just from the first conversation that I had with my therapist or even the first conversation I had with my mum when she was like okay you need to go now you need like it's your time like phone up make sure you're referred um but yeah talking because once it kind of gets out of somebody's head once it becomes words and things and kind of more tangible realities rather than just something inside a person's head I think it's then far easier for something to done be done about it if somebody isn't feeling great um and it, it can be like the the easiest fix like I said going out playing football with someone meeting for a coffee that sort of thing or it, it can be like really serious measures need to be taken um, but either way, like conversation's always the start point. Great. Well, thank you, Ella. Um, maybe um, could you share how people can find out more information about Freedom of Mind Festival? I presume it's happening again next year. <laughs> That's the plan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we are Freedom of Mind um, on Facebook. We're F-O-M-C-I-C on Twitter. We're Freedom of Mind C-I-C on Instagram. And we've got www.freedomofmind.org.uk, which is our website. And on our website, you can sign up to our newsletter. Um, so we try and keep our, our socials and our website updated throughout the years. So we've got a blog stream as well on our website. And that's kind of our forum for outside of the festival times, kind of creating conversation and providing um, online material for people to kind of bounce their ideas off of um, to do with mental health. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much. I'll Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, thanks so much for listening. Uh, please do go and check out Man Up, Man Down and Freedom of Mind Festival. To follow my journey with Ministry of Change, um, to listen to more podcasts, uh, follow the blog, um, see some of the stories I've been collecting and see where I'm going to be heading to next or where I've already been. Uh, yeah, go to my website. It is www.theministryofchange.org and on there there's links to the blog and to my other social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. Thank you very much and hope to see you back here soon.